Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, in this podcast, we will be talking about NXT TakeOver Night 2. If you haven't seen it yet and you don't want it spoiled, you might want to either miss this podcast out or skip ahead about five minutes. Thank you. Title changes at TakeOver, Andrade attacks WWE, and we speak to the all-party group on wrestling who are looking to bring big changes to the Brit rest scene and beyond. For Friday, April the 8th, 2021, this is your Cultaholic Wrestling News. takeover stand and deliver is in the books it's in the pockets and some title movement took place last night we have ourselves a unified undisputed nxt cruiserweight champion in santos escobar who defeated jordan devlin in a ladder match to open the night not only do we have a now undisputed champion of the cruiserweight division but we have an undisputed champion of the heavyweight division as carrion cross has defeated Finn Balor to become the NXT champion for the second time. His first title reign last year cut off just before it started as a result of separating his shoulder in the match where he won the belt. Now he is back at full strength. We had Finn Balor and Karrion Cross put on a clinic last night and Cross leave as your new NXT champion. If you want to find out some of the thoughts of us here at Cultaholic on last night's takeover Stand and Deliver Night 2, you can check out the YouTube channel later on today for NXT Takeover Graded. And you can watch what happened at NXT Takeover Night 2 at youtube.com forward slash cultaholic right now.
lots has been said over the last month or so on Andrade. Now, no longer part of WWE. He was given the release from his contract that he required uh, with no no compete clause. He can go and go wherever he pleases from here on in. And he does apparently have some plans for WrestleMania weekend. We'll get to those in just a second. But he's been attacking WWE on Twitter following a report from Fightful. So Fightful shared their findings from President Nick Khan of WWE. He says that WWE wants to hyper-focus on Mexico. And Nick Khan has said to the press that WWE want to touch on Lucha Libre. They want to put their own spin on Mexican that Mexican style of wrestling. Uh, Andrade quote retweeted this article from Fightful saying more talent for sitting in the locker room. A little jibe there from Andrade aimed at WWE who do have an amazing roster, the best roster they've ever had. And there is an argument to say that a lot of the best members of that roster are spending a lot of time sat either in the locker room or in catering. And the idea of WWE going further and bringing more people in to their machine just to have them sat around is somewhat concerning. So Andrade making comment there about WWE's plans to expand into Mexico. Fightful Select also gave us an update on Andrade's status for this weekend. Uh, it's according to an update from them, Andrade has been contacted about WrestleMania weekend appearances that are taking place outside of WWE. Now, we're not entirely sure as to who those performances or appearances are for, but he is absolutely within his rights to do them because he has no 90-day no-compete clause with WWE. He can go and work from this moment on absolutely anywhere he pleases. So he may end up doing something during WrestleMania weekend. For who? Well, AEW have themselves a house show. That was a common discussion that Andrade could turn up as part of that, but we're just... We're just rumor milling at this point. He is he has recently teased signing a new contract on his Twitter account. You can check out a picture of him signing what looks like a blank piece of paper, but apparently it's a contract. I think it's written in invisible ink, like that one from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Maybe. But Andrade may be busy this WrestleMania weekend. Please welcome the following inductees into the 2020 WWE Legacy Hall of Fame. Right, so we need to talk about this. Uh, the Hall of Fame has come under fire following induction an induction into the legacy wing. So what they do with the legacy inductions is this is where they'll take like a handful of names who, whilst they aren't getting their own fully fledged main induction, they're being honored by the company and being put into that hall of fame. Uh, there was a, a number of people who were inducted into the legacy wing over this past week. One of the legacy inductions was Ethel Johnson. She won the NWA World Women's Championship with June Byers back in the 1950s. She was actually the first black woman to win a major wrestling championship. Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio noted that when WWE talked about Ethel Johnson very briefly during the Hall of Fame, they used footage of another wrestler the wrestler being Sandy Parker. Members of Ethel's family took to Twitter, urging WWE to correct their error. Ethel's niece put onto Twitter saying, you need to fix this because if you're going to use my Aunt Ethel in the Hall of Fame, at least reach out to my family. And the video you guys used 
isn't her. This is quite the mistake by WWE that they, we understand, are working to correct very, very quickly. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The final night of the Wednesday Night War goes down like this. Dynamite, 688,000 overnight viewers, down from 700,000 the week before. 18 to 49 demo, they were up from last week to 2.28. Meanwhile, NXT, 768,000 viewers, up from 654. A 0.22 rating in the 18 to 49 demo, which is up from last week as well. No surprises that NXT won last the Wednesday night ratings war because they had stand and deliver night one but we didn't think that it would be that neater gap that smaller gap between the two like we thought maybe NXT might have a substantial win but there really wasn't much between them and even with takeover stand and deliver night one being heavily featured on Wednesday night AEW still won in the 18 to 49 demographic so a great end result for the end of the Wednesday night war uh, with AEW, whilst not winning, still picking up some real moral victory over NXT there. From next week, NXT begins its new life on Tuesday nights, leaving AEW unopposed on a Wednesday. I would hope to see both shows getting back towards that 1 million mark from next week. It's been announced that season three of Dark Side of the Ring is going to premiere on Vice TV at 9pm Eastern, Thursday, May the 6th. They've revealed six of the topics that are going to be covered in season three. Brian Pillman, which we know about. Nick Gage. Collision in Korea. This is where WCW took an event to Korea and some of the, the weird stuff that happened around there. Grizzly Smith, the father of Jake the Snake Roberts. The Dynamite Kid, Tom Billington. And also an episode on The Ultimate Warrior. Season three of Dark Side of the Ring is going to feature 14 episodes overall. Uh, with the first episode being the Brian Pillman episode. Vice TV said that an announcement about more for the season is yet to come. They say there is more things to be revealed about this season of Dark Side of the Ring. In a press release, they say Dark Side of the Ring, Vice TV's most watched show of all time, 
exposes the hidden, heartbreaking, and untold stories of professional wrestling with intimate access to its subjects. The series chronicles the deeply personal and often controversial legacies surrounding the larger-than-life brawlers of the wrestling world in a sport that draws tens of millions of fans around the globe to this day. Another musical performance has been added to WrestleMania weekend. Wale is going to be performing Big E's entrance music at WrestleMania 37 Night 2. So just to perform Big E defends his Intercontinental title against Apollo Crews in that Nigerian drum fight. Wale will be playing Big E to the ring. Big E told Bleacher Report, quote, He is one of my favorite rappers, but... Also, to have my friend and someone who is a huge wrestling fan, I was geeked just to be able to get him to perform. To have him perform for me at home, Tampa's my home, is incredible. I am so stoked about it. We've been trying to get Wally for years. We tried to get him at Mania a couple of years ago, but it didn't work out. I am so excited about it, and I know he is too, because as a big fan, it's a dream come true. Uh, Nita Strauss said this to me earlier in the week. A lot of a lot of musicians with not a lot going on at the moment, so <laughs> you'll you'll be surprised how quiet their schedules are and how free they are to do WrestleMania. It's great to see. So Wally joining a, a big musical cast for WrestleMania this weekend. Baby Rexa is going to be performing "America the Beautiful" on night one. Uh, we will also have country music star Ashland Craft performing the anthem on night two. We will have Ash Costello performing Rhea Ripley's entrance music for her title match against Asuka and we will have Wally performing for Big E. One music artist that is on the show but not singing is Bad Bunny. He's tag teaming with Damien Priest to face The Miz and John Morrison. Billboard reported that Bad Bunny has been getting wrestling training from Drew Gulak and WWE producer Adam Pearce over the past several months. He began training on the regular for WWE just after Christmas and he's been there pretty much every week with the exception of a, a brief pause last month uh, Adam Pierce has said quote I think it was intimidating for him like it would be for any new prospect walking into WWE Performance Center I saw him looking around and marveling at the pictures and the ring and like man this is real it got even more real when Bunny took his first bump which is wrestling parlance for fall onto the mat or the ground he told Billboard I read somewhere that a backward fall onto a mat feels like a 30 mile an hour crash. That first one, Bunny's eyes got wide and his soul leaped out of his chest. That was his first one. He's had several months of training now. I'm really intrigued, quite excited to see what Bad Bunny is going to pull out at WrestleMania. I think he's going to surprise us, you know. Moi, je me réjouis de voir ce match de bûcheron. Non, mais crois-tu que Diesel va pouvoir rester sur le ring jusqu'à la fin du match <rire> Impossible Et est-ce que tu crois que les bûcherons de Ted DiBiase, lorsque Diesel va se retrouver en dehors du ring, est-ce que tu penses qu'ils vont le ramener tout gentiment sur le ring Ah, pas question, mon pauvre Ce sera la hache de guerre Et on va se retrouver, nous, avec un nouveau champion Voilà, c'était les prédictions de Jean Brassard The voices there of Raymond Rougeau and Jean Brassard. The voices of WWE in France for multiple decades. And those voices are sadly falling silent. Jean Brassard posted onto Facebook this just the other night saying, Very dear friends, with a heavy heart, I have to announce that due to the restructuring via Peacock Network, Raymond and I will no longer be part of WWE's commentator team starting from today. So indeed, I won't be with you for WrestleMania 37 this weekend. 
For France, a new team takes our place. For Quebec and other European countries, I don't know. On Peacock USA, only English and Spanish remain. I know Raymond joined me in thanking you for all these wonderful years spent with you to inform, entertain and make you vibe to the sound of the ring strings as much as we do. Raymond has been the best working partner in the world and our friendship has become precious over the years. Both of us will miss our monthly meetings so much. As far as I'm concerned, and especially since SummerSlam 2020, alone on air, your passion, energy and support has made me a known part that I didn't even suspect and you led me to surpass myself. I am forever grateful for this. Stay in touch. I always find new ways to entertain. Your presence always remains of great personal value. Warmly, John and Raymond. So the end of an era there for the WWE commentary team. Like two, like they've been there since like the early 90s. So we send our love, even though if you listen in, a, in an English speaking territory, you can't help but feel a bit sad today. We send our love to the voices of WWE in France, Jean Brassard and Raymond Rougeau. Back in September, the All-Party Parliamentary Group on Wrestling launched the All-Party Parliamentary Inquiry into professional wrestling in Great Britain. And it was yesterday that they released their report on their findings. Now, very shortly, we're going to be speaking to Mark Fletcher MP, who is part of the APPG. Before that, just a few notes from the press conference around this report that was held yesterday morning. Uh, so a few things came up quite consistently through this press conference, including WWE. Uh, with On the subject of WWE and in particular NXT UK, the APPG said they reached out to WWE and they have spoken to them. They are hoping to meet with WWE in the next few weeks to discuss this report. They know that WWE was very much the elephant in the room, but they didn't mention to what extent WWE was involved beyond that they spoke to them about the reports. Uh, one of the things that has been criticised in the report from the APPG is it presents both sides of the speaking out movement, of those that have been accused as well as that of the victims. Uh, they said, did the APPG ultimately, that they were led by evidence of what they were told, which is why they've taken this particular stance. Uh, they also described the current situation within British wrestling as, in many cases, an abuse of power. And they noted that the report is very much the start of a process to bring about change within wrestling. There's meetings taking place within the next few weeks where they'll be speaking to other government departments uh, to help further uh, the plans for this report. Very pleased to be joined this morning to talk further about this by co-chair of the all-party parliamentary group on wrestling, Mark Fletcher MP. Mark, thank you for joining us. No, at all, Tom. Thank you very much for having me. This is a report that's been in the planning since last year. We spoke in the wake of the Speaking Out movement as well, you and I. How has the overall response been to the report so far? Well, um, yeah, I, I think generally sort of quite positive. It's, it's a very difficult report um, to be sort of universally accepted because um, we had to go back various steps to where... Um, the industry sort of started to, to sort of come a cropper and then bring it forward to where we think it sort of sits now. And then also to have various difficult conversations around things like sort of speaking out, um, but uh, sort of much broader than that around sort of health and safety and governance. And so, 
you know, I think it's been uh, sort of received insofar as that they realize it's very comprehensive and it's sort of, you know, very detailed. But um, I don't think we expected universal praise for it. Yeah, I think there's been a few things that, that people have, have brought up from it, but there's lots of positive to come from it as well. Have you seen an increase in members of the APPG since the inquiry launched? Well, um, what, what we have discovered is the number of closet wrestling fans. Right. Um, uh, an, awful, an awful lot of uh, radio producers and journalists and fellow MPs have uh, sort of given us a nod and a wink with uh, references that you would only know if you were a wrestling fan. So it's uh, it's been a bit of a coming out process on that front. But um, I think the, the, the number of official members is the same as when we, we started the, the APPG. But I think the, the unofficial fan club has grown somewhat. No one's been put through a table at Parliament then. <laughs> There's time. There's, There's time, yeah. plenty of time. We were, if we, uh, we desperately wanted to launch the, uh, to sort of to launch the APPG with, with a sort of a stunt, a wrestling ring in Westminster Hall or something, but um, COVID has sort of got in the way of us doing anything ridiculous like that. Oh, now I've reached out to the cultaholic community and asked if they have anything they wish to discuss for us to discuss today. Uh, one of the things that has come up quite a bit is the participation of WWE and their status with it. Now, during the press conference, um, it was, I believe, your co-chair that described WWE as, quote, the elephant in the room. Would you care to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so I, I think that um, obviously WWE have a, a presence in the UK wrestling scene, both a, a physical presence in terms of the NXT UK brand and also the Performance Centre, but also a, uh, a working relationship with various promotions. Um, and so uh, we, we certainly have tried to have conversations with WWE and th there are sort of back channels in, in place to have those, but... Um, they, they wouldn't, um, as far as I'm aware, they didn't submit uh, formal evidence to the inquiry. But um, I think that there is a, a, a future conversation to be had with them around various issues. And I think that, you know, that a lot of the things that perhaps we would like to see as sort of minimum standards, uh, the WWE would be quite aligned on in terms of um, it's what they require uh, third parties to do when they're putting on a show. But uh, it would have been nice to have their um, their views on the record. I, I can perhaps understand why they didn't want to do that. But, you know, I think they need to see that uh, for all of British wrestling to rise, they, they need to be a part of that conversation as well. How did um, the party group determine which companies and workers to interview and consult? Well, we we didn't would be the, the short answer. So we were we put out a, a, a call for evidence from um, yeah, the, the sort of through the official channels. And we did some media around that. I think that was the last time we spoke. And we were very clear about uh, this is open to uh, anybody, whether it was a fan, whether it was an academic, whether it was a, um, a related industry uh, representative, someone that was selling tickets through to if you were a wrestler or a promoter. And anyone who put themselves forward, whether it was um, you know, through written evidence or sent us an email, um, we had sort of, if we had comprehensive enough information from them in their written submission, we would accept that. 
or we had an oral evidence session with them. So it was open to, to pretty much anybody who had an interest to put their um, submission and their views forward. Are there concerns for companies simply bypassing some of these regulations should they come through? Because wrestling has been pretty much without any form of governing body outside some sort of flimsy references to athletic commissions over the years. And it kind of feels like, for lack of a sort of better analogy, like taming a field of wild horses. My biggest fear, and I suspect Alex would say the same thing, is that, you know, effectively we go back to wrestling sort of adopting the submarine strategy of, of being below the radar of sort of ignoring this and, and hoping that it will all um, go away shortly. And then it being back in the news because uh, something goes wrong again. Um, and unfortunately, we, you know, as a wrestling fan, you tend to read wrestling in the headlines, in the mainstream headlines, when um, somebody dies and there's a sort of nostalgia impact or something goes very badly wrong and it causes such outrage that wrestling is a, a front page story again. And we, we really don't want that to happen in British wrestling. We want to be able to sort of lift the whole industry up in this country um, and to sort of work together to create a, a better industry. And we, you know, when it comes to governance, I think there's a, a it's a really easy thing to see this as a um, something that uh, would harm the industry. You know, governance sounds like it's something that could be restrictive, but actually, if you go through the report, you'll see so many areas where we think um, British wrestling could be making more money or could be saving itself money, whether it's on insurance costs, whether it's on digital streaming rights, whether it comes to um, sort of visas and third party um, uh, issues. We, we think there are so many areas where if British wrestling got its act together and has some form of collectivism, it would actually be in a much better place. And you know, there, there will be inevitably some people who don't love every aspect of the report. But I think if you if you look through all of it in detail, you will see that there's a very compelling reason for wrestling to come together and start to have that conversation. And the worst thing that could happen um, is that something goes wrong and then we're in a position where either the government has to impose something on the industry or the industry gets sort of cut out of, of the conversations. You know, we think that this is an opportunity for wrestling to get, British wrestling to get on the front foot. I had a promoter for an independent wrestling company reach out to me and he wanted to remain anonymous. And they said, um, quote, I will likely be unable to fulfill the demands put forward by the APPG and stop running shows, whilst those who don't adhere to the guidelines will continue to run and the, quote, boys club will close tighter. I think you mentioned this about this sort of submarine uh, mentality with wrestling. The only other promotions, he goes on to say, running would be the bigger ones who have links to WWE. What support is being offered to help those promotions that are willing to adhere to the pledge but might find it outside of their financial reach. I think funding has been something that's been thrown to me quite a bit in terms of how and if there'll be government support for wrestling companies that want to, to, to be a part of this change, of this really positive change, but might find themselves financially unable to do so. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure necessarily which bit that they felt they, they, they couldn't uphold. And I think that that's a... You know, a conversation that I'd, I'd be very willing to have. I'd encourage them to sort of come forward and and, and sort of you know let us know the details of that. Um, but I think 
Yeah, well, the, the difficulty, as the pandemic has shown, is that an, an awful lot of wrestling companies, if they were in a slightly different industry, might have had access to financial support. Or there might be ways in which the industry could be saving itself money, as I've just outlined, on things like insurance um, or, or whether it comes to venue hire and things like that. But those conversations don't happen because everybody acts sort of in isolation and wherever someone has an example of best practice it's not widely shared it's kept as a a secret and actually there is a, a a significant concern that smaller promoters may not be able to survive anyway i think that that's a residual concern in the wrestling industry and has been for a long time but it's, it's our starting point is that we want to try and help all of the industry rise it wasn't that we, we liked certain promotions and didn't like others. And I think the whole report reads as, as something that is intended to try and help the industry across the board. Um, but to do that, you need to get people on the same wavelength. And we hope that this report starts that process. In the report itself, it talks about sort of categorizing wrestling, sort of leaning towards more theater uh, and, and that side of things. But um I have had the question asked whether or not uh, the changes recommended in the report would open the door to possibility, the possibility of extra support, recognition and funding by Sport England or sporting bodies that support the promotion of pro wrestling. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I think this comes back to the heart of, of one of the main issues that the report looks at. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a decades old question of you know, it, where does wrestling fit? Uh, and I think the report offers uh, a unique idea which is that um, if you separate out the process of training for wrestling, which we think is largely a sporting activity and should be covered by um, sporting regulations, and therefore the, there's a massive role for Sports England to play in that process. And we've, we've already started conversations with the Department for Culture, Media and Sport on whether this is a definition that they think is workable. Um, but we separate out very much that, that training element with the performance and the, the promoters who are putting on shows um, day in and day out or you know weekend in, weekend out. Um, and we think that that is very much a theatrical and artistic uh, element, which should fall much more closely under the Arts Council. And then you start to bring in groups like Equity and, and various bodies around that. And we think that that definitional approach in terms of sport for one bit and art for another would help to have those conversations and would open up uh, the possibility of accessing government grants, even things like lottery funding. Um, and there are wrestling promotions, as we detail in the report, that have had success on either side of this fence. It's just so wildly inconsistent that um, we felt we needed to go back to sort of square one of, of this is the issue and how we think we can solve it. A big part of this of this pledge which is the the speaking out movement from last year this is uh, do you think that the stigma around wrestling allowed such abuses to fall through the cracks and how can we be assured that other niche pastimes like wrestling and other interests aren't subject to the same hidden abuses well i think the the original question that you asked is which is around the stigma and 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 did that allow for it i think the answer is partly yes um, I think there's a, a variety of things that, that, that came into this process. I think there's a, a wider societal issue around, um, in particular, but not exclusively, the treatment of women, uh, which is a, a, a conversation that, that is happening on a, a sort of a much wider element. I think 
the the lack of of proper scrutiny and conversations around wrestling um, does allow for greater abuses of power, um, which is something that we are very concerned about. Um, but also the failure to um, have proper governance and to be able to set minimum standards and to ensure that those who are in positions of power are operating um, to the correct level in, in the correct ways is, is a particular uh, concern and something that, that is spreaded throughout the report. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, the, the speaking out section was incredibly difficult to write for, for lots of reasons. I mean, there, there was some, a lot of, of testimony that was very difficult to hear and to read. And um, it's also very difficult from a legal perspective to know uh, if you're getting the balance right between sort of natural justice and, and um, making sure that we, we were uh, sort of operating in a way that you would expect parliamentarians to operate. Um, but we, in regards to other niche um, interests and, and um, activities, I guess that the question there is, um, you know, are there, are there other groups that can pick that up as well? Are there other um, groups that will be inspired by what the wrestling APPG has done with this report? Um, and I hope the answer to that is yes. You know, Alex and I, uh, Alex Davis-Jones, who's my co-chair of the, the, the group, we're, we're massive wrestling fans. We, we're doing this because we love the industry and we want it to be better. We're not the government. We're not a select committee. We're two parliamentarians who happen to love wrestling. Um, and perhaps that's, that's helpful to the industry. Perhaps it's not. But it's, it's where we are. Um, and I hope that we can build off of that enthusiasm and the rigor that the report shows. But... You know, it, it, we can't promise that everything will end um, tomorrow. What we can do is to try and lay the groundwork for the industry to consolidate around these ideas and try and make the wrestling industry in this country as good as it can be. I think as well as what was said there, that idea of stigma around wrestling, something that came up in the press conference uh, earlier on uh, was uh, the way that wrestling is, is seen by a, a large swathe of the mainstream media and how uh, you're working hard to, to change that. And the more you talked about the the speaking out movement such in parliament, the more you found not just wrestling fans, which was amazing, but also uh, that a lot of people were, were fully behind it. Uh, what steps are you hoping to take? I think people need to read this uh, report and to digest it and to feel, um, you know, to sort of understand where we're coming from and, and hopefully to build a consensus around some of the issues that, that we, we've highlighted in the recommendations. But there are future conversations that, that we need to go on to have, be it with the industry, with government, with fans. Um, there's a whole plethora of things, that, uh, of, of actions, really. And the, the next part of the process is to try and make them uh, happen. Um, and we, are, we can be responsible for some of those, but others will absolutely need to be industry-led. Um, and all we can encourage people to do is to sort of to try and understand where we've come from and to hopefully see that this is a positive way forward um, and build a consensus that British wrestling can be absolutely brilliant. And that um, involves raising standards and working together in a way in which perhaps the industry hasn't done for a few decades, but is perfectly capable of. Where can people go to read the full report, Mark? 
<laughs> um, so there is a, a website, and I have said the uh, the name of the website about four different ways today. Um, and uh, I'm going to bring it up on my computer. Give us a fifth. So Give us a fifth one, Mark. Go on. <laughs> it is appgwrestling.uk. You will find on there a link to the report. Twitch.tv forward slash Cultaholic. It's Friday, which means it's Love You Bye Friday. It is you. It is I. It is live Skype calls to the isolation station. How would you feel if I told you that at 4 p.m. British summertime, you could add me on Skype, give me a call, and we could have a live chat on Twitch? Does that sound fun? Even if you don't fancy chatting, maybe you're a little bit shy, maybe you just want to chill. You can come and join the chat. It's a lively one on a Friday. It'll be lovely to have you there. In fact, the show starts an hour earlier if you are a Patreon. There is an exclusive Discord chat room for Patreons where we get in there about an hour before the show starts and just start a bit earlier. If you want to find out more about that, patreon.com forward slash cultaholic or join us from 4pm British summertime at twitch.tv forward slash Cultaholic. YouTube.com forward slash Cultaholic. Night two of NXT TakeOver. Stand and Deliver graded coming later on. You can already watch what happened at TakeOver Night 2. It's Cultaholic Podcast Day. Matthew, Greg and the team will be answering uh, your big questions from the mailbag. Looking back at this bloody week in the wrestling. It's been a busy week in the wrestling. Uh, On the podcast feed as well over the weekend, a brand new episode of the classic Smackdown review. Matthew, Greg and I are watching every episode of Smackdown from the beginning to its bitter end and we are currently in the summer of 2000 20 years ago see what the wrestling world looked like with matthew greg and myself cultaholic.com more details on what you heard just there with mark fletcher mp from the all-party parliamentary group on wrestling you can read that document uh, all about changes proposed to british wrestling and find out more about it right now at cultaholic.com I will speak to you tomorrow. We'll do a special Saturday news podcast since it is the busiest week in all of wrestling. I'll be bringing you an extra news podcast tomorrow morning. So I'll speak to you tomorrow. Don't forget to join us. Love you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 